everyone. Unfiltered podcast here. My name is Lee Stevenson. I have the privilege of serving Converge as the executive director of Church Planting and got my co-host here. My name is Danny Parmalee and I work with Converge Mid-America overseeing the church planting there. And we're excited to have another very real conversation about church planning. Let me take a moment and just introduce to you all our guest for this episode. This is Jeff Gauss. Jeff, why don't you say hi and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, Lee and Danny and everyone. It's great to be here with you today. Um, as said, my name's Jeff. Been a church planter for about uh, 17, 18 years, I guess, planted three different churches, have a wonderful, beautiful wife named Heidi, been married for 23 years, and we have six kids, the oldest of which we just dropped off at college last week or two weeks Hey, ago. congratulations, man. Now you got five more. You got to get out the house. Yeah, only <laughs> only uh, 11 more years. <laughs> the, who's, who's counting, right? <laughs> well, Jeff, I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to be with us on this episode. And um, you planted three churches. What part of the country have you been planting in? Uh, Midwest, so Minnesota, and now I'm in North Dakota. So small towns, big towns. What, tell us a little bit about the area and context. Yeah, the first church plant was in St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, urban center. Uh, kind of a young professional college student area of the city. And then I went to a town in the way northwest corner of Minnesota that even though I'd lived in Minnesota most of my life, I'd never even heard of, uh, called Thief River Falls. Uh, it's the home of Arctic Cat, if anyone's into snowmobiling or ATVs. Um, but yeah, planted a church there in 2008. That town is about uh, close to 9,000 now, I guess. And then uh, two years ago, we moved over to plant this new church in Grand Forks, North Dakota, which is about 100,000 people in the, I guess, greater Grand Forks area. So, Jeff, you're you're considered a serial church planter. Is that like a serial killer? Or, or well, just as crazy. So that's, serial, that's serial basically killers. what it means. Yeah. 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 So yeah. he... he continues to sign up for craziness and to get out there and have fun planting. Yeah, churches, you think so. I would have learned by now. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm doing it again, too. So I'm just one behind you at this point. So. Well, if you need but any pointers, I could coach you. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, and, and Jeff, you're also um, uh, a, a key voice in helping leading kind of church planning within your district as well. Yeah, that's right. For just about a year ago, I took over overseeing church planning for the Heartland District of Converge, which is probably the most sparsely populated district, I imagine, and uh, geographically spread out, but it's uh, North and South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, and also Kansas City. So, uh, but that's been, it's been a lot of fun. feels like really in my sweet spot, just being able to share a lot of the things I've experienced, I guess I've picked up over uh, 17 years of experience in different contexts. So it's been pretty fun. All right. That's fantastic. Well, th this is kind of a, another unique conversation that we're having today. Um, and I think it's in light of even recent news stories that have hit the, the news line of um, a pastor in California um, that was pastoring a church plant, fairly fast growing church by all means from the outside successful, you know, from, from those terms committed suicide after, um, I guess 
kind of unannounced, but was wrestling with depression, anxiety issues for some time and was eventually overcome with that. Um, I know for you, you have a heart for pastors. You have a heart for church planters. Um, one of the things that we've talked about um, just each and every episode is is that this is a unique world and there's unique pressures that come with planting churches and and just within ministry in, uh, in and of itself. And you have a story um, of some of those challenges on a personal level um, that connect somewhat with the story of what we saw play out even in California. Um, and so I want to allow you to just take a moment and try to talk to a little bit about um, where you've been, some of the struggles that you've faced, and and uh, we'll talk a little bit about what you've learned about God yourself and, and even how you've journeyed through that. Yeah, you know, it's just it's so tragic whenever you hear about anyone that took their own life. And, uh, you know, we actually here in North Dakota have the highest suicide rate per capita for 17 years wow. running. So uh, it's become unfortunately kind of normal around here to see that see or hear of that happening. And, you know, almost everybody knows somebody that that has taken their own life. And it's especially tragic when a pastor does that. Um, but, you know, of course, pastors aren't immune to to the pressures and life and we're human and everything. So, you know, I've I've battled depression since, you know, the first time I can really think about being depressed. I was uh, late 13, early 14 years old. My sister had. Uh, who was 16 was killed in a car accident. Mm. And um, I just fell after that. I just fell into a deep, deep depression where I didn't just pull the shades shut in my room and just laid in bed for, I don't know, probably over a month. Um, you know, didn't come out for anything except for to, to, you know, go to the bathroom. And, you know, my, my parents, um, I think finally got me into some counseling then, which was really beneficial, but that was really, I think, the start of, uh, I guess, my journey or experience with with depression, uh, which has really just been kind of a lifelong story, kind of a thorn in my side or a blessing. I don't know what it is yet, um, but probably depends on the day and how it feels. Definitely depends on the day. So it's a blessing when I get to share my my story with other people. I think, and hopefully, it helps. But. Yeah, I'm 45 now, so we're talking about like 32 two years. I'm not really good with math, but 32 years or so that that it's been a struggle. And, you know, the whole time I've been in ministry, which has been a unique challenge. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about um, what you've learned about the struggle of depression that would be helpful for other pastors um, that, number one, don't understand it but then number two, that may be facing it themselves. Yeah. So, you know, I, when I was back in, let's see, when I planted my second church in, so probably around 2010 um, was a real wake up call for me because again, I had been battling depression, but I always, even at that point, all these years, I had kind of chalked it up to, well, it's situational or circumstantial because this thing happened or it's seasonal because it's winter and it's cold and it's dark where we live. Um, but in, uh, I think it's 2010, summer of 2010, um, things were going great with our church plant. Church was really growing. Um, I had no, no real issues with, you know, leaders or anything going on. Everything was great. Our family was great. 
and except for I was just miserable. And I remember um, I was going to go play uh, disc golf with some guys, and I was trying to find my my frisbee disc, my golf disc, and I couldn't find them. And I just broke down sobbing. And I was like, mm. what is going on here? Like, I, I'm sobbing because I can't find my golf disc. <laughs> this just is, this is just, you know, messed up worse than I thought. Um, but anyway, I did end up finding them, went and played disc golf. But then when I came back home, I pulled the car into the garage and I was just overcome with this urge to just shut the garage door and just leave the car running and just to, to do what this other pastor did tragically, just, just end it all. And I knew then that, all right, I need to really get some serious help because I can't, I can't blame it on, you know, this person or that situation or circumstance or, or on the winter or anything, you know, it's, everything's great. Weather's great. I'm just miserable. So, so I made a decision then that I was going to get some help. So first conversation I had was with my wife and just saying, you know what, look, things I'm not doing well. I haven't been well for, for a long time. You know, she knew some of it, but she never knew how bad it was, never wanted to burden her with those things. And and that's one of the things with depression is it just totally isolates you from every, everybody, right? You just, you feel like you're alone in your struggle. If you're a Christian, especially probably if you're a pastor, you feel like, you know, I should be more spiritual than this. Yeah. You know, I should be able to overcome this. I should be able to to uh, get through this with God's help or or just muscle through it or whatever. So, um, Were you scared to have that conversation? Was there a lot of fear or were you just really at that point where you're like, I need to reach out for help? And obviously Heidi is the first person I need to talk to. Or was there apprehension there? of those same feelings? Well, I think there's always a little apprehension or fear whenever you're kind of divulging your deep, dark secrets, you know, or sharing Mm -hmm. something that's really personal and internal that nobody else really knows. Um, Fortunately, I have an amazing wife that's just been so, so supportive along the way. And now because of that, she's the one typically actually that recognizes when I'm falling into depression before I even do Um, because I've just shared with her, you know, what's going on inside and what to look for. And so now she sees those warning signs and she, she's able to spot them and say, Hey, you know what? I think you're getting depressed. You need to maybe need to take some steps. Talk to us and, you know, if you're comfortable with it, talk to us like what are those type of signs? What were the things that you voiced to your wife that said, hey, these are things to watch out for? Um, So, again, like depression is really isolating. So whenever I mean, I'm an introvert by nature, but I'm smart enough to know that I need community. Um, But when I start isolating myself, start isolating myself from the family, start isolating myself from the church, from relationships, that's a big sign when I don't want to do anything, when, uh, you know, exercise, stop exercising, eat more unhealthy, either sleeping a lot or not sleeping, um, really moody, like short, short fuse, short temper, everything seems to, to irritate me. Um, those are all all warning signs, and again, they're things that I think she's able to pick up on before I do, um, because 
I think depression is really self-deceiving. You know, you don't, I think, I think too, a lot of pastors and Christians and people in general don't really realize that they're depressed. They think, oh, I'm just having a bad day or, oh, I'm just really tired or, oh, I'm just been in a funk or, you know, whatever, or I'm not sleeping well. Um, but that's really what depression is, is it's just, it's, it's a sustained low, I guess. And the thing with depression is that the things that you need to do to get healthy are exactly the things that you don't want to do when you're mm -hmm. depressed. And that's where the real battle is. Yeah, that's, that's well said. I appreciate that. Um, what, what have you personally learned about your own journey with the Lord through some of this? I think one of the things that I've really learned is that, you know, I need a way of holding on to God when it seems like he's let go of me, or I need a way of seeing him in the dark. And so, um, so I've really strived, I guess, to really um, discover disciplines and be disciplined uh, with some spiritual, spiritual things. Um, so that I can still, still have that sense of reality, you know, have that sense of that God's still there, even when I can't feel him, even when I can't hear him or, or see him. And again, it's like, it's, it's counter nature, right? It's like, you have to, you have to force, I have to force myself to do things that I don't want to do because I know that they're healthy for me. Um, when you uh, said that you re you wanted to reach out for professional help, what did that look like? Obviously, that was a pretty um, significant kind of shakeup experience. So then was it, man, you need like intense, we need to meet every single day for, you know, the next three weeks or three months or what was a little bit of that process? And then what is your kind of schedule now? Do you just do checkups from time to time if you're if you're willing to share that stuff yeah absolutely so when i had that episode pulling into the garage and you know first i talked with my wife heidi and then i made two phone calls like i called a doctor and i called a christian counselor and i, I set up appointments with both so i went to a medical doctor um, a forced guy doctor in our church who just was so so understanding and so supportive and i just i just told them hey i think i think i need some some help here this is this is what i've been dealing with i've been dealing with it for years and you know i've wondered if maybe i should get on medication but i've just always resisted it and that was probably the best decision i ever made was just to be like i think i need some drugs <laughs> i think i need some some meds and so uh, that was eight years ago, and I've been on them ever since. And, you know, because of that, I think my depression, I still get depressed, but it's a matter of it lasting for days or maybe a week instead of months at a time, you know, and the lows aren't as low as they were before that. Um, but then I also made an appointment with a Christian counselor and went to counseling, and I I still go to counseling, so I, I still see a counselor regularly, and it's, this is part of my, uh, I guess, uh, personal growth 
a personal health plan is to see a counselor to take care of myself physically and spiritually, emotionally, and mentally and relationally as well as I can. Help us out on this, Jeff, because I know a lot of pastors, um, and maybe it's just a, a guy thing to um, struggle with the idea of going to see a counselor. Um, and and there's probably an unhealthy fear that exists there. Did you feel that? If so, how'd you overcome it? What advice would you give to guys? I think one of my blessings and curses is that I'm just almost too vulnerable sometimes. So I remember having a pastor tell me once, he said, you know, your problem is you're just too authentic sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for me, I mean, going to a counselor wasn't a problem. Like the, the counselor would always say like, you know, this is really refreshing. Like you usually have to fight through all the BS with pastors, especially <laughs> in counseling and you just lay it all out there. And so for me, that wasn't a problem, but for, you know, guys who, who do struggle with that, you know, I, I would just say this is something that I really learned that has become my mantra that I share with other people through this whole process is that the best gift that you can give yourself and that you can give your church and that you can give your family is a healthy you. And so, you know, if you want to serve your family well, you want to serve your church well, and you want to serve God well, then you owe it to yourself to be the healthiest version of you that you can be. And so that, if that includes going to counseling, I mean, really, I'm a firm believer that every pastor should be in counseling. I mean, the, the weight of ministry is just so great. And who are you going to share that with? I mean, hopefully you have a couple of friends, peers that you can share it with, you know, but, but our wives don't need to carry all that burden. And, um, you know, we can't carry that burden ourselves. And so just to go for me, it's been so helpful to go to somebody that's just a neutral party or I can just go, (laughs) here it is. And, you know, she or or he's not gonna, not gonna judge and doesn't, um, doesn't even know, you know, all the details of the situation. And I can just, I can just let it all out. And it's just so helpful just to be able to talk about it. So I guess if you're if you're thinking about it or struggling with making that choice, just just make the call, just man up and and do it. It's not a sign of weakness; it's a sign of health, I think, and a sign of strength that you're willing to take the difficult steps that you need to take so that you can be healthy. All right. Well, as long as we're going unfiltered here, my other question is: some may have a problem with going to counseling; others would maybe have problem with the thought of um, going on medication or even have a theological issue with it. Give us your, give us your two cents on that. Yeah. I'd love to. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he has two authentic. (laughs) That that kept me, that thought of, you know, not wanting to go on meds kept me from getting meds for, you know, probably 20 years or whatever. Cause I grew up in a really, you know, um, I guess charismatic church that was like, you you just prayed for everything, you know, and if you didn't, if you didn't just believe God or you didn't pray or you weren't healed and you didn't believe God well enough for it. And, um, so that kept me from going sooner than I should have, but I tell you, it was the best decision that I ever made. 
and here's why I don't have a problem with it is because I think depression is multifaceted. It's holistic. It's, it's spiritual, it's emotional, it's mental, and it's physical. And so you need to fight it on all of those fronts. And you can fight it spiritually, absolutely, through prayer and scripture and whatever. You need to fight it relationally also by having good friends, having a good support network around you. You need to fight it emotionally. You need to fight it physically through diet and exercise. You need to fight it mentally, which is where the meds come in. And so what I tell people is that you need to be able to get yourself to a place where you can then take the necessary steps. And for a lot of people, including myself, you can't get to the place that you need to be to take that first step until you get the synapses firing correctly or better in your brain, you know, and, and depression is, is having a, a serotonin deficiency, you know, it's, it's a biological thing, you know, it doesn't mean that it can't be, there's not spiritual dimensions too, but there's definitely a biological aspect or physiological, whatever, not a doctor, whatever the word is. Hey, they both work for me, man. So, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that a lot of times you need meds to help so that you can get that. And, you know, I believe that God, God is the healer and he gives doctors knowledge to, to give us meds that can help with that. So why not take advantage of it? I appreciate that. Any, any just last words of advice that you would give to people that may be listening to this that are just personally struggling? Um, I think just, just be honest about it and then be, be brave about it. And I think you really have to have courage to say, I'm going to take, take those steps. I'm going to be authentic about it. You know, I'm going to let people know that can, can help people that need to know. I mean, you don't necessarily need to go, you know, announce it on Sunday to your congregation or, or whatever. Although I've always been open about it with our congregation. Um, but, but you need to tell people that, that need to know and can help. And so just, just take the steps and, you know, not, I think it's different for everybody. So you got to figure out what, what helps you. And, but, but like I said, you know, di- battling on all of those fronts, not just one dimensional, don't just go to a doctor and get meds. Don't just go to counseling. Don't just change your diet or pray more or whatever. Do all of those things. It's a, all of those things, I think, work together. And that's the beauty that God created it. Uh, that's, that's great. So any last questions that you have, Danny? Mm-mm. So Jeff, thanks so much for taking the time to to be with us and being real, being raw, and just sharing the journey that God has taken you on and what you personally learned. I think this is a very helpful episode for many that are out there. And um, I want, if you're here and you're kind of wrestling, I want you to know we're here for you. Um, let us know. Feel free to contact anybody within the Converge Circle, and, and we'd be glad to be able to sit and have a conversation with you and help help direct you in the right direction. Um, Until next time, everyone, keep it real.